0: Hi guys and welcome along to another Your Fit Insight. I love, I'm always pumped to bring you guys some insights into our community and share some stories of our wonderful people that we work with, the latest and greatest in health and fitness and science. This particular week though is pretty special to me. This this gentleman that you're gonna hear is a man that I really look up to a lot. And way back when we first started what was front foot personal training. Early on in our journey, uh, I actually, I picked this guy out and said, I'm gonna train you for free for a month, and if it works, then great. Uh, if not, then you know we can go in our separate ways. And that client, that, that, that gentleman then became a, a client of ours for, for the better part of 12 months before his career just took off in all different directions, and he was traveling overseas and, and interstate on too regular a basis to, to be able to make it work uh, on an ongoing uh, arrangement where I got to see him weekly. But, uh, but I had a bit of a moment personally in 2015 when I first became a dad and I'd actually failed for the first time uh, and I'm, I'm a bit sort of, now I, I see it as a real opportunity obviously with all the learning that I've done since. But at the time I, I was ashamed to admit that I, um, I was really struggling to be honest, uh, but it—I was—I was a new dad. Um, I was trying to cover Amy's maternity leave, trying to run the business and keep all the balls up in the air and, and the plates spinning, and and juggling as best as I could. Uh, and and at the time, I was studying to be a dietitian uh, and doing a subject called medical nutritional therapy, which requires a lot of bandwidth and, and time, uh, and. I failed the first ever project that I'd ever done. It was a, a really intensive, the way it worked is you walk into a, a room uh, and you're presented with a case study and you've got an hour and a half to work out that case study uh, and I I failed the first thing and touch wood, the only um, academic thing that I'd ever failed before and I, I had to have a real deep and, and hard look at myself because I was... I was Really struggling on all fronts. Um, I probably wasn't being that I, you know, most new parents would admit it's it's a bit of a shock to the system. But I definitely wasn't being the parent that I wanted to be. You know, the sleepless nights and the the, the sleep deprivation was really getting to me. Um, wasn't really the person that I was hope uh, I'd hoped that I would have been. And and these real big illustrious expectations that I'd created for myself definitely wasn't living up to those. I was. Probably not being the best partner, I was trying to do way too much um, and, and in doing that had led to Amy ending up with mastitis because I was trying to feed too often through the night and let her sleep which meant that her, her, um, her milk ducts uh, filled with milk and became clogged and, and uh, there's a, a terrible flu-like symptom that comes along with mastitis. And then, unfortunately for Amy, at that particular time, so did shingles um, uh, follow. So, um, and then I get this sort of failure at 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 uni, um, and and I I had to give up something. I had to sort of look at myself and 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 go, well, what what's got to give here? Because at the time, you know, I mentioned I'm, I'm a new dad. I'm studying to be a dietitian. I'm running a business, and I was also doing. An internship at the Queensland Reds in their strength and conditioning department, and I, I loved that opportunity. It was a great opportunity to learn. I just soaked up as much time in the gym with all the athletes as I could, and all the, the, the really experienced coaches, and learn a lot uh, about, you know, and and I suppose a lot of the the things that you see in the studio now were, were precipitated by that that time, uh, and so and so I I had to have a really deep hard look and and go well what is it that you want to stand for who is it that you want to be what really makes you tick as a person and and what lights you up and and at that time I know it sounds a little um heavy-handed and easy to say after after the time but I actually thought of the gentleman you're about to hear from and when we changed his life at the back of 2013 uh I realized that this is what I want to make my career you know this is the sort of he's a a dad and you'll hear you know just the quality of the person and he's a dad that has a lot of a lot of love to give and a really exciting life to lead Um, and and for me when I looked at the impact that I could have maybe had at an elite sports level uh, which was which was you know a great learning environment but you know, getting those guys that little bit stronger to potentially win a premiership was was, was great um, fun, but it didn't feel as serious and as perhaps as meaningful as it did when I thought about the work that we were able to achieve with Renee, and, and you know, since then, all of the wonderful opportunities that have, that have come from that, you know, the work I'm now doing in the eating disorder space, and the Heart Foundation ambassador, and, and so on and so on, but... But when I thought about Renee and I thought about what we were able to do for him and what that meant for his family, it became a no-brainer. And so at that particular point in time in 2015, I, I um, unfortunately had to, to let go of something, and that was the, the internship at the, the Queensland Reds, um, which was, as I said, a, a wonderful opportunity and a hard thing to do. You know, and I, I talked to a lot of you about what the no means and and as hard as it is to say no often there's some great space and freedom and opportunity out the other side and thankfully, you know, from there um, with the degree and with the the, the, the parenthood and with the partnership uh, with Amy and then with the business things had, had really sort of gone um, and picked up but, um, but yeah, it was a, a really poignant moment in my life and so now when you hear about the journey that we've been on with Renee since, um, you know having sort of drifted apart over a number of years and his career continuing to go from strength to strength and we still stayed connected and, and text every now and then and bumped into each other at airports and things like that and and always had the, the best of um, best of rapports and, and, and really cared about uh, it was a, it was a bizarre one because he's, he's actually, my, my go-to man uh, he, he's my go-to man for our electrical gear if ever I need the, the latest and greatest gizmo or gadget I'll get I'll get onto him and I'll say look what, what's the best of and he's he's right he's got a f- his finger right on the pulse and um, and unfortunately or fortunately the, the Cornish dishwasher packed up uh, uh, not too long ago uh, which which led me to get in touch And have a a pretty tough conversation I think we both ended up in tears but you'll you'll hear from Renee at at that particular point he'd actually just been diagnosed with prostate cancer a really big scare that um, that he didn't um, didn't see coming and and, and nor did we Um, and and so from there uh, we were we were sort of able to reconnect and, and work together more on a on a health coaching level and I think what I'd really love for you to take away from what you hear in in the parts that follow is that there is so much outside of our control in health and, and in life, really. Um, you know, the the boss that doesn't like us, or the partner that's maybe going through something that we can't really help them with, or you know, the 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 son or daughter that we we just can't quite scaffold enough to get them to take that next opportunity by the the scruff of the neck and get themselves to see. What we see in them, you know, what whatever it is, there's there's things that really sit outside of our control. And then there's also things that sit well within our control. And things that we can focus on and things that we can put energy into that might not necessarily in the health realm have a guarantee guaranteed outcome right here and there and right now. But they give us a chance to focus our energy on something that we do have control over that doesn't allow us to spiral out of control in the what if lane and and I think that the health and fitness space that's sort of the the beautiful the beautiful marriage that that we have you know we we don't necessarily just need you guys to be fit you're all fit but where is your health at you know and I think that when you hear Renee and hear the quality of the, the man and what he's been able to do through the diagnosis and how he's really leveraged that into um, into this line in the sand moment in his own life and health journey, I think, yeah, I I can't help but be inspired and and just from a from an overall pride perspective, you know, both as a friend of his, extremely proud of how he's handled himself, and then also as a colleague to, to Esther and Maddie and, and Amy and myself and I don't think Matt had much to, to do with with Renee, but just in the journey that we've been able to sort of put together for, for Renee and where it's where it's actually allowed us to land and the opportunity we've got now moving forward is just it's a really exciting one uh, and and one that I, I hope you'll get a lot out of where when when you listen. So so, thanks for taking the time to, to listen, guys, and I'll, I'll stop my waffling now and let you hear from the man himself, Mr. Rene Welter.
1: Hello, good sir. How are you? Hey, Sean. Good, thanks. Good. Bouncing back. Uh, Rene Welter. I'm 51 years old and I'm a business manager.
0: Uh, and a busy man at
1: that, am I right? Yeah. Um, when you've got a family and work and everything that's going on, as for everyone, it becomes quite a busy time.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, are you are you currently working? Uh,
1: no, I'm currently off on a bit of leave. Okay. Um, we've had a bit of a rough trot, as you know. Our history goes back quite some way. And if I remember rightly, um, we started about nine or ten years ago in a park by the Brisbane River. I'd just come back from Melbourne and I was feeling a bit unhealthy at 99 kilos and decided I had to do something. And, Sean, you came to the rescue. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, And over a period of about probably 18 months, I got myself down to a very healthy 75 kilos and, you know, running over the bridge and doing boot camps and and being tortured in the car park outside the front of work, it certainly was a good time and put me in a place after having, you know, had all the kids and, and you know, growing careers where I'd lost sight of my own health uh, and it was really good to get back and it was really good to be fit and healthy. But then, unfortunately, four back surgeries over five years put me back considerably. uh, And I lost that ability to train, to run, to even walk. And the surgery got to the point where I had um, a spinal fusion and plates put in my back to to keep me together. Um, And over that process, sort of ended up back at 95 kilos again, uh, which was sort of disappointing but understandable with what I'd gone through over that four or five-year period. And luckily, we reached out and uh, had a bit of a chat and got me back on track. And I just started coming back for some good, uh, some good fitness when, unfortunately, at 51, was diagnosed with a very aggressive prostate cancer. And that was a very, very scary time. Uh, and that was November last year. Uh, and I've been on a considerable journey since then. Um, but with how yourself and Esther and the team have helped me prepare for that surgery has now put me in a very, very good position post-surgery. And while there were days uh, where I didn't feel like getting out of bed, it, it was the one thing I could control. So, you know, when you sort of get that cancer diagnosis, your whole world starts to crumble around you, um, and you worry about work and family and future. And, uh, it was quite a scary time, but being able to come and visit and do (laughs) nowhere near the exercise regime, you know, that I was sort of capable of in years past, but having that balance in being able to get the pelvic floor under control pre-surgery, was just amazing and it and it really helped my mental health during that time and again it was the one thing i could do to keep myself on track yeah it's um and uh,
0: it's been a a real battle in so many different variables outside of your control that really you know you want some bad news you know go and google Prostate cancer, right? Like, you're not going to get back anything fun from, <laughs> yeah. from that. And yeah. it turned out it was actually quite aggressive, right, Renee? Like, you, yeah. it, it, this, this wasn't like just a, a bit of a scare. This was actually pretty important for us to get on top of it straight away, right?
1: Yeah. And, and unfortunately, with the back surgeries that I was having, I lost sight of my general health. And uh, I failed to get uh, my PSA or prostate-specific antigen test that all men our age should be getting from their doctors. Uh, I missed it for three years. And it turned out uh, from a biopsy that the cancer was three and a half years old and had taken up 40% of my prostate. Um, And, you know, at a young age, that's that's a considerable amount. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman next to me while we were waiting for our urology physio. He was diagnosed at 60 uh, with the prostate cancer being about 5% of his prostate, and it took 15 years to get to 25%. So that really puts in context what happened to me within a three-year period. And and the scary part, Sean, and, and the YourFit crew, I had no idea. It's not like I had symptoms or I was having any problems or having any urinary issues. There was nothing to indicate that I had a problem. And, and part of it was being masked by the pain medication for the back surgeries. Um, so, the, the you know, the, uh, the nerve blockers and, and all the painkillers I was on was masking all my pain, not just the back pain. So up until my doctor said to me, hey, you haven't had this PSA test in a while, maybe we should check it, and we got a result back that was just off the charts, uh, we wouldn't have known, would not have known at all that I had a problem. It's been,
0: it's quite bizarre because, you know, knowing you um, from afar, you know, and seeing your career go so well and, and, and it all go so, you know, and you're such a family man and we've been connected on social media over those years as well, you know, from the outside in, it all looks, you know, happy families and, and great. But all the while you were dealing with this persistent back pain that you didn't really, you know, you got to a point where your surgeon said, mate, you're strong. The back is not the issue. And then yeah. lo and behold, turns out, you know, persistent back pain is actually one of the symptoms of an enlarged prostate, right?
1: Yeah. They said it, it is, um, it's rare, but it's not unheard of. Um, So, you know, as the prostate inflames, it impacts all the nerves. Um, And since the surgery, I haven't had any problems. Um, So you sort of put two and two together. I mean, at the same time, I've had this um, rather relaxed lifestyle post-surgery, you know, (laughs) where I haven't been driving to work or being tortured by Esther um, (laughs) or, you know, so I really haven't put any pressure on it. But then at the same time... um, You know, week one post-surgery is walk 10 minutes a day, week two is 20 minutes a day, and week three is 30 minutes a day, and sort of here we are at at week six, and I'm walking an hour a day, um, you know, frustrating when I used to run 5Ks in about 25 minutes over the Gateway Bridge, and now it's taking me an hour to do 5Ks but I'm up and I'm moving and I'm not experiencing any problems that I experienced in the past. That's exciting to me. And I I put testament to the core work that we did pre-surgery and even my physio team has said to me, wow, for a guy your age with the condition you've got and the surgery you've had, you should be ranked well below where you are you have put yourself six months in front for your rehabilitation so for those who don't know the rehabilitation from prostate cancer uh, once uh, i've had a radical prostatectomy so the whole thing's been ripped out um, and that is an 18 month uh, to two year window uh, to get back to normal health Uh, and You know, it's the frustrating things that no one wants to talk about, Um, you know, the urinary issues and, you know, and the men's erectile dysfunction issues, they're tough things to bear post-surgery. But knowing that I'm getting stronger and I'm getting faster, uh, and as the physio said, the hard work you've done before that surgery is going to make this process a lot more comfortable for you because it's a lot harder to re-strengthen that pelvic floor post-surgery. Pre-surgery is still stronger, even though, as you know, Sean, there were days when I rocked up and,
0: oh, man. boy, oh,
1: boy, I did not feel like being there. Hey, Amy. How are you? <laughs> Good, thanks. Um, yeah, so those sessions um, and, and admittedly, probably the last, um, my 45 minute sessions was probably about 15 minutes of actual exercise because it was really starting uh, to impact my overall health. But what you can't measure is what it did for my mental health at the same time um, in that, just that let's keep going, let's keep going, let's keep going. You, you can't put a value on that. You you can't put a value on keeping positive when you feel that you've been kicked around the countryside and the whole world is just dragging you down. Um, so uh, you know, again, thanks to the team for getting me through that. It was fantastic.
0: Well, I think I think testament needs to be um, needs to be also given to you and and the fact that you have just consistently shown up and and you know it, it, it's such a shame that you, you know you've become so successful and we haven't been able to train consistently across the, the nine years, 10 years that we've known one another, but now having a chance to reconnect um, with, you know, something really exciting to play for, you know, you've got, and I suppose we didn't talk to that, but you've, you've now, you're at the other end of you've raised your kids, you know, like, You've got three yep. beautiful children. Um, Ben's a paramedic. Josh is a producer. And then is Eliza in her last year of school or your first year? Oh,
1: no, year? no. She's she's year seven. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Time school. yeah, sorry. Yeah. Time, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Um, right. She's yeah. Uh, yeah, she's sort of, you know, the final six years of school and then hopefully off to university for her. Um, but all of it is, is a busy lifestyle. and And you think when your kids go off to university that, you're sort of done and dusted, but you're not really. You you know you help them and you continue to help them and guide them and uh, you know my boss once said, "Little kids, little problems; big kids, big big problems." Um, <laughs> but no, they're they're all they're all really good. They're you know the family and and the support I've had from my wife Nicole through this whole process. I, again, w- without that support around you. It, I, I, I don't know how people would would get through this kind of, um, you know, this kind of scenario. And, and for me, I always thought, ah oh, my back problems, that's my health thing. You know, everyone gets something. Um, and, I, and I just, I thought, well, that's my thing. Um, and, and to get that, you know, and it's the C word, you know, as soon as they drop the word cancer in a diagnosis, it's like the world stops. Um, but to have everyone to help me get through that has been fantastic, but also the work we've done, Sean, you know, where you and I have said, well, you've said, Renee, you need to get off the Coke, drinking Coke. Um, you know, you need to get off the soft drink. You know, you need to look at what you're eating every day. We need to manage what's going into the body to help make sure that you're getting through this. That's been a big part. And um, I know that, you know, sort of the cancer eats away at you, um, but to get from 96 kilos down to 85 kilos with everything that was going on in the background, the diet change was probably, in this instance, more important than the physical exercise because I wasn't really capable of doing uh, anything that got my heart rate up. Mm. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's been
0: really profound. You know, nourishing yourself well and actually taking note of that, and we've had with with a diagnosis like this, and and I, I think the reality slap that comes with it of hey, you know, you can't keep surviving on coffee throughout the yeah. day and not not eating. You know, it's probably not really sustainable lifestyle. So, from that perspective, I think. Again, testament needs to be given to you because you've implemented the change. It's all well and good for me to mm. do the latest research and tell you the latest science and us to work as hard as we, we can at the background. But ultimately, it's you maintaining that critical focus on the next step, throwing the next stone, going and picking it up, and then throwing the next one. And uh, and I, I think, like you said before, when the world's coming in on you and you feel like you know what can I control? Fitness is actually the perfect and 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 nutrition is actually the perfect playground for something that you can because there's yeah. so many variables in this journey that um and and you know we sit here now after the fact and and we're really excited about the future because we're through probably the biggest hurdle, which was the surgery and and all went well and all's gone um extremely well in surgery, but we haven 't it's it 's easy to paint a really leafy green picture of oh yeah it's all gone well but we've we've had some significant hurdles that we've had to overcome too you know there's been complications post surgery yeah. there's been issues that have happened um and and all the while maintaining that focus I, I think yeah you we've we've spoken at times about your level of impatience but I do think that the willingness to actually sink your teeth into something and and go I think you really need to be proud of of the way you've approached this as well
1: yeah, and, and as we've talked about, it becomes a lifelong lifestyle change. I think if you approach it um, from a period of, oh, I'm just going to do this for six months and then I'll be okay, it, old habits come back and, you you know, you sort of drift back to where you were. It really needs to become that lifestyle change and, and that's what the focus is now. Um, you know, I'll be back at work. Uh, in about two weeks' time after having had about six or seven weeks off, which is tough for me. I I really enjoy my job and I really enjoy the people I work with and to not be there and not be part of that community, I find hard. I don't know how people work from home. I don't know how you do it Um, because I enjoy the experience of being with people. Um, But that's when the challenge really kicks in. When you're going back to work, you know, you're helping your daughter through high school, you're helping your kids through their university and, and their new jobs, and uh, and then all of a sudden you're back at work. Um, and, and some of those days are significant days and other days are, you know, are, are normal days, but that's when the challenge starts. That's when it is, oh, God, I've got to get up at 5.30 instead of 6 because I need to do half an hour of the stretching exercise Exercises to make sure that I'm getting the body moving again or I need to do that morning walk or the afternoon walk or the lunchtime walk. And there's definitely days when you're having a busy day and the emails are piling up, but there needs to be that point where you go, no, no, I need this hour in my lunch break to get outside, walk over the bridge and come back, which is very good for me. Uh, And then you actually come back a bit, bit more refreshed and a bit more focused and I think it makes the afternoon better. I find when you sort of go, oh, I'm just going to skip lunch and I'm just going to keep going through, that by 2 o'clock, you really just crash. Yeah. Um, and then the afternoon becomes less productive. So having that break and making sure I'm going to keep up with that exercise, that's now going to be the, the challenge for the next few months. Yeah, I agree. And that, I'm glad I've got this on
0: record because I'm going to play this back to you time and time again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. And, and, but you know, sometimes that's what you need. And, and, um, you know, there, there were times sort of in between all the spinal surgeries where, um, there was really no point because some days I couldn't even get out of bed. But going on that fitness journey by yourself is a lot harder than going on a fitness journey with people who support you. Um, you know, and and Sean, you were ringing me up every Thursday morning going, right, how are we going? How are we going this week? What's happening? Where are we at? Um, knowing full well that I couldn't really do much um, in, in that period for fear of ripping stitches out. But that contact, that support, um, it's made me excited about what's coming and what we're going to do and what we're going to achieve. and um, and, and it's not just about how you look. Um, you know, when you turn 50, it's a lot harder to, to keep the weight off than, you know, sort of when you're in your 20s or 30s. Um, but it's not just about how you look. It's about how you feel. And it's about how you manage your whole day. We um, Look, one of the hardest parts, I do love my coffee. Um, but as, as part of the rehabilitation with prostate cancer, caffeine impacts the bladder. Um, and irritates the bladder and makes things quite difficult so i've had to move to decaf (laughs) 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 but sort of here i am four or five weeks down the track um and i don't really even really notice the difference um and my consumption of coffee is greatly reduced and and my the soft drink is almost non-existent. I'm now, you know, if I decide to have a drink, you know, it, it's no sugar, no caffeine, no flavour Coke. Um, But, you know, it's what you get used to. But, um, you know, when you reduce that intake from two cans a day down to one every fortnight maybe, you know, when you're out with friends, um, it's amazing how good you start feeling. But the other amazing thing is if you you know, you stray a little bit and um you have that can of no sugar, no caffeine, no flavor coke, you get to the end of it and you go, was that really a good decision? <laughs> <laughs> um and, and the and the tough part too was the the getting that water intake and particularly Post-prostate surgery, it's um, three litres a day for two to three weeks, and then it's a minimum of two litres a day. And the more water you drink, the better control you have over your functionality. Um, And as a person who doesn't naturally drink water, that's tough to keep putting that much fluid in. But here we are, um, you know, and I was obviously increasing my fluid intake from, from the diagnosis in November, I don't even notice it now. Yeah. Like I'm drinking that two liters every day, and I'm and 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 sometimes more, sometimes up to three liters. And I wasn't even realizing that I was getting that intake of water. And it, it just doesn't bother me anymore. So I think it's a lot of retraining the body, get those habits right, and you'll get that improvement. Yeah, totally. Mate, what do you say to
0: to someone who's maybe on the fence, going, oh, you know, this exercise thing really isn't for me," or they might not be someone who sees themselves. I mean, you you mentioned you you saw yourself as the person who just had the back thing. You know, it was your that was your yeah. thing. Um, maybe they don't see themselves as someone who would have traditionally ever exercised, or the idea of a personal trainer like they think, "God, the last thing I want to be." doing in my spare time is being bullied into doing burpees what what do you think you know could you sort of speak to that person because you know before we met that might have been you know i know we're going back 10 years now but that might have been perhaps the way that you viewed things as well um and and obviously you know we've had a bit of a process here but could you sort of speak to that person for for me and, and maybe give them a bit of an insight into the, the process like it. We, we talked a lot about you saying to people, oh, I'm going on, along to see my personal trainer again. And, and they go, what? What? You know, you're kidding. Me? And it's like, well, hang on. It's a little <laughs> bit different to that, you know?
1: Yeah. Look, um, my surgeon was originally very positive about the idea. So their concern was because the cancer had grown so rapidly um, that they had two choices, put me on chemo to slow it down or just leave it for the 12 to 14 weeks till the surgery, and then just they're going to rip the whole lot out anyway. Um, so there's no point making you sick. The point is getting you fit and getting you healthy. So to those people who are just tossing it up, the fact that you're thinking about it is the first step. So if you've got to the point that you're even thinking, should I do this, should I not do this, you have nothing to lose by trying it and And your fit is a different experience to what I'd ever had previously of you know ten people standing in a you know standing in a park getting barked at by a guy in camouflage gear um, who feels the need to make you vomit in a garden um, that's, you know that's that's not the your fit way um, and the ability of yourself and the team to manage all these highs and lows that I've had I mean you guys got me running, you know, 5Ks in just on 25 minutes or just under 25 minutes over the gateway bridge and back. I was in absolute peak condition, but that didn't start with you saying, right, run over that bridge and come back here in 25 minutes. Like, that was a a process. And the ability to sit down with yourself or Esther or Amy and talk about, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I want to achieve. What do I need to do to get there? And it's that staged process of saying, okay, we're not going to make you do 100 burpees on day one. And I think there is that perception out there, particularly with the medical people I've spoken to, oh, you've got a personal trainer, don't do that, and stay away. And I I kept having to say, no, 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 I have one-on-one a personal training program That's been set for me. So I've got the ability to go back and say, hey, guys, I won't be able to do this for the next six months because of this surgery. And then we balance that accordingly. That's unique in in the way your fit does things. So if you're scared, I was 99 kilos headed for 100. And I stood on the scales one day and I thought, oh, my God, I am one little digit away from hitting triple figures. And I I think, Sean, what really helped is that I knew that my goal weight was around the 75 kilos, but it was yourself back then saying to me, let's start with the first two kilos, then we'll do the next two kilos, then we'll do the next two kilos, that staged process. And once you start seeing that rewarding momentum, it incentivizes you to keep going and keep doing better it makes you think twice about oh do i have my can of coke at lunch and my can of coke at dinner and my can of coke just before i go to bed you know you start to look at that can of coke and go yeah, do i really want to be indulging in that calorie intake right now um and you know when, when lives are busy and and you make that decision to go to you know oh, we'll just get takeaway tonight those decisions have become further and further and further because, you, you know, you look at a, a McDonald's meal at 1,200 calories and go, geez, that's like my daily intake. Like I've just done all this work to get rid of it. You know, and it's so easy to put it back on. But when you feel, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm two kilos lower, I'm two kilos lower, I'm two kilos lower. Um, I think you said to me once it'll take you twice as long to take it off as what it took you to put it on, um, was in reality very close to to what had happened, but you've got to do something. You have to start somewhere, and you have to make that decision and that investment. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. A personal trainer costs money, you know, and, and you have to make the decision that I'm going to take that money out of our lifestyle slash holiday fund slash going out for dinner fund you know, let's face it, you can always find the money when you want to buy something, do something, go somewhere on a holiday. It becomes about making that decision to invest in yourself. And and that's been the biggest part for me because I I don't want to waste this money. I want to actually achieve these goals. And um, my mental head is saying, I've had my back surgeries. I've had my prostate cancer. I'm, I'm done. I've had all my bad things. I'm on the road to recovery. And that's a great positive thought process to have. But I didn't know I had cancer around the corner in October last year. No idea. Absolutely no idea. It was so far from my realm of thought process that, you know, when I walked into that surgery and I had the doctor's surgery and got given the diagnosis, it took me an hour to drive home a 20-minute drive because I was just, just driving without even knowing where I was driving. That was the impact of that shock. You don't know what's around the corner. So it's not just about where you are now. It's about where do you want to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years' time Um and and how do you want your health to be? Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, my mum is a dementia patient. Um, she's in a care facility right now, and and it and it's getting quite severe. But you walk into those dementia wards, and you see the people sitting there in their chairs, and and literally doing nothing. How can improving my health today potentially stave off something that is a genetic condition down the track? You know, do you know at fifty? 70 is only 20 years away. That's not a long time. So it's about where do I want to be as a 70-year-old or an 80-year-old or a 90-year-old. As you know, Sean, I love going camping and fishing and bushwalking and hiking. But the longer you leave it, the longer you leave that point in time where you want to fix yourself, the harder it becomes, the older that you get. And you don't know what's around the corner. But if you're fit, healthy your diet's right when something does happen you deal with it a lot better you can manage that process and and get through it like the the urology physio was just amazed at the condition of my pelvic floor muscles for a 51 year old now that didn't just happen because i was sitting on the backside it happened because every week I went and did my revision sessions with Esther and then every day you get up every day and you just get in and do that routine. And as you said, Sean, when you Google, you know, prostate cancer and side effects, it's not a great story to read, um, but I had to put that work in to make that journey easier this side. You just don't know. But I feel better too. And that's the other thing. You know, when you're carrying around 96 kilos or 99 kilos as opposed to carrying around 85 and and eventually 75 because that's where I, I want to get back to. And that's the right... It's not about being 65 kilos. You know, it's not about being a stick insect. It's about just being within my normal weight range and my normal healthy weight range. And already I feel the 13 kilos I've lost since November you just feel better when you get out of bed every morning you know you just feel better about going on that walk or going to the um, to the sessions and and getting it done but also that positivity in your own well-being is reflected in your work in your business life in your family life with friends you know it feels great when people come to me and say you look great what have you been doing and you know I I've been working on it. I've been working on it in conjunction with my health partners, be it Sean and Amy, be it Esther, be it the urology physio, be it my prostate cancer nurse, be it my surgeon, be it my GP, to get that positive feedback from those people who are all there to help you get going, um, actually helps you get going. Could I have done this on my own? No way. Couldn't have done it. I would not be in the position I'm in now if I didn't have the support of the you Fit team. I would be six months behind in my physio rehabilitation. And, you know, if you think spending a little bit of money on a personal trainer once a week is expensive, try paying for a urology physio once a week. Let me tell you. (laughs) You know, you know, it's so, aren't you better off investing before you get to the stage that you're paying medical people to help you survive, don't get there in the first place. You know, get you know, get that spent because either way, you're gonna spend the money. And I saw some stupid thing on Facebook the other day, um, and it said, "Choose your hard." It's hard to be overweight, and it's hard to exercise. Choose your hard. Well, I choose to do the exercise part. Yeah. You know, choose your food intake. You know, you can, you can choose to eat junk food, but there are consequences of that. Or you can choose to eat healthy and there's consequences to that. Choose your heart. And, I, you know, as much as you get all of this bloody crappy Facebook stuff coming at you at 100 miles an hour, it was the one thing that really resonated to me. Choose where you want to be. So if you're on the fence and you're going, oh, do I, do I not, do I not? choose your hard yes it is hard to get up at six o'clock in the morning in the middle of winter to be at the gym by 6 30 to do what you've got to do but let me tell you you walk out of that gym at seven thirty and you feel great and you feel ready to tackle the day that's your hard that you've chosen and i prefer i prefer to choose the hard that's going to make things less hard down the track
0: yeah that's right
1: yeah, yeah. so for all those people out there choose your hard
0: well mate, congratulations again. I just think yeah it's a you' you're a marvel, and you've done a phenomenal job and and very excited about what's out the other side of this once we're back and and clearly running something that you really enjoyed the first time round so once once we're back running again and and we're in the marathon and half marathon and ten km season, uh, watch out your your name will be on a bit
1: yeah and uh, it'll be good fun. I might have my knee braces on, but, hey, I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we shouldn't need that. We should be able to get you by then.
0: But uh, but thanks again, mate. Really, really appreciate all your time and effort. Yep.
1: Thank you, Sean. Much appreciated.
0: There it was, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate your attention and your ear. Hopefully, you've taken some information or some inspiration uh, for your own health and fitness uh, out of today's guest or the information we presented. If there is any more that you'd like to learn about, there'll be some links and some references that we've made in the show notes. So feel free to check those out. Uh, and look forward to speaking with you very soon. Really excited about where this is headed and sharing the stories of the YourFit community and uh, how we've been able to best serve and, and help them. And hopefully you're able to take something away from that yourself. Thanks, guys. Speak soon. Bye.